All right, all right, all right. Here we are. What's up, everyone? I am Charlie Shrem, and you are watching and hopefully listening. Well, well, listening and hopefully watching because we're on YouTube and everywhere. Untold Stories, the best podcast in the whole entire world. And I'm so excited to be with my friend Anthony DeOrio here today. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Wow, that's is that is that your 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 acting? Uh, your no, podcast? it's like that's <laughs> like I have to get in the zone, and then I'm supposed to do. I this, hear you, man. This show I love, is. I love it, man. Good, good to be here, Charlie. Thanks for having me on. This show is powered by the Blockworks Group, a media and production company that I trust and love. Because without them, we were just talking about this. The show would not be here today, and you could check them out at Blockworks.co. And you're a a serial entrepreneur, a venture capitalist, community organizer, thought leader in all, all of crypto, blockchain, and decentralized tech. You're born and raised in Toronto, and you're like the king. Everyone knows you as, as one of the not only first pioneers of the whole crypto world, but really uh, someone who put Canada on the map. You co-founded Ethereum, and, and I want to ask you so many questions about the, 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 the famous stories and things like that. But more, really more, not more importantly, but but more excitingly for me was you were the founder of Decentral and Jax, and I had the pleasure of being your community manager and chief operating officer for almost a half a year or a year, and Rush Wallet, EtherealWallet.com, and you still, oh my God, and I, I forgot you even did, you were the advisor to the, I think it was the Toronto Stock Exchange, and the reason that there are crypto stocks that are publicly traded on the Toronto Stock Exchange, like Voyager and some of these other ones are because of you, like paved that education and paved that way for them. So really the most important question that I have for you is back in the famous Ethereum house, that was you, Charles Hoskinskin, the, the founder of, of Cardano and Vitalik Buterin, the other co-founder of Ethereum. And, and there's Gavin. stories. Sorry? Gavin. Gavin, Gavin Wood of, yeah, yeah. A, a polka dot. What, who did the cleaning? That's what I wanted to, to know. Like, how did, how did that? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I think it, it was, it was an Airbnb, right? We had the, we had, it was, a, it was a split house and the owner was above us. We were below. So we had the main house there in the backyard and everything. But I think that was just left for them to do the cleaning afterwards. I think that's kind of how it works in most Airbnbs, right? It's yeah, like I a think so too. Thing. They have a cleaner that goes in and gets it all ready for the next people and gets it set up. So yeah. It wasn't that bad, though. No, and no, you know what? We we cleaned up after ourselves. Right? Yeah, like you had the kitchen oh, and the did, dishes. We, big the way, we were cleaning. Yeah, we, we were pretty civilized. We were pretty civilized people. Well, so like, because really what you guys were doing there you, is you were you were founding not just like writing software or code because that came last. You were theorizing socioeconomic ideas and game theory on if this thing scaled so big, and, and now we see it did, how would certain things play out? And when mm -hmm. you're sitting there, you know, figuring out decentralized technologies and decentralization and like changing the world, I'm wondering, is, was there one person that was cleaning up all the dishes or was it done in a decentralized way or something like that? <laughs> no, we did have a couple people that were there that, that got to come for reputable for reasons. Like um, there was my assistant, uh, Jason at the time who ended up going to and working in Germany with the team afterwards. So he was there to help out. Um, and, and he did quite a bit of the work actually, if I remember. So that was a, a really cool experience for him. Uh, we had my film, I had, a, uh, I had a videographer that I brought down. No idea where the videos are for that. Unfortunately, drives me nuts to think about that, but we had, we had a lot of film that was yeah. done from there, from that house. And, and I don't know where, what happened to that, but uh, I clean, 
uh, a few other guys did, but no, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't everybody was there. We, we didn't have a schedule on the wall or everybody had their own roles or anything like that. No, it wasn't, it wasn't quite like that. So, and, and then, and, and a lot of what was done was a token economics and thinking about the crowd sale and thinking about, um, about regulation and, and, and what we got to do to make sure that we're going to be okay. And, and there was coding that went on. Gavin, um, picked him up at the airport. Uh, first time I met him, um, Charles and I, I think picked him up. And uh, uh, he was coding the whole time. He was just uh, he, on his laptop. He was, he was there, and he had actually something with Charles. I think they had a bet, which I didn't find out till later, uh, that he would have something working by the time they left. He would have like a first transaction done of something, and he actually did it. Um, that's and, a big uh, goal to like set for yourself. That's and I didn't know this till the book came out last year. The uh, uh, the um, the uh, infinite machine, I think it's in. Yeah, Not yeah, there was an infinite but, machine. But yeah, it was. I didn't even know this. And then supposedly after I bought, because there was a little bit of tension, because it, it was always like it, Gavin was brought in. Um, he had been doing some work. Vitalik messaged me and said, "Hey, I want to bring this guy in." I'm like, "Is it really important?" He goes, "Yeah." And I said, "Okay." So I bought him his flight in and brought him, got his, got him, got him here. And then, and then, yeah, he was working the whole time. And then he 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 won the bet. And then I think something about the lines, which I didn't even remember. I bought him a bottle of something. He still got that bottle, Gavin said in the book, and I didn't remember. I bought him a like a like a bottle of some liquor or whiskey or something. And he said he still got it. And and I don't even remember that, but I yeah. think it was more of a peace offering that I gave to him because it, you know there was there was a, we already had a number of founders. There were five of us at the time. Eventually, we became eight after that when we added uh, Jeffrey and 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 uh, Joe. Lubin, Jeffrey Wilkie, and Gavin. But there was there was a, you know, that was the kind of the start of probably the tension that, that eventually hmm. came out afterwards with the developers and the and the non-developers and, and making sure regulatory was going to be okay. And but we want to get this product out quick and it was clashing our heads and decisions weren't getting made. So, you know, there's eight founders of this project and these people didn't know each other. They literally we were thrown, you know, I learned a long time ago that partnerships are you've got to really be be in a good relationship with people and, and partners. It's good to have partners. It's bad to have partners. There's, there's, there's both sides of that. You know, partners can help you out when, when you need extra resources or they can complement on stuff, but, but also for decision-making things, you've got to be really aligned with that partnership. So to have eight people together, building out something as fast as they wanted to get this out, decisions were just not getting made very efficiently at all through the whole time that we were doing this. And you had people with different backgrounds, different beliefs, different, cultures didn't even like i don't remember when i met mihai one of our founders he couldn't he couldn't travel from romania so he wasn't even in miami at that time didn't meet him for a longer time later in person and um it it, it was a it, it was something you couldn't pass up being part of but and that's why i was was involved in that um and because of the team and, and the smarts i knew of charles and, and vitalik and Eventually, Joseph and Gavin. It was really a rock star team put together that that happened to come together and and look what everybody from that team is doing now. I mean, or at least most of the the initial core people and what they've been able to do. It's uh, it was it was a whole bunch of good things coming together. I've always felt that you are someone who thinks beyond his means, and what I mean by that is that even with Ethereum you were theorizing different ideas about how to bring people and things together. I remember when we were working at, at Jack's, we would do these, sometimes these meetings where me and, and some of the other folks, we would sit in the room 
and and you would we would sit there for two three hours sometimes, and you would give us this um, amazing whiteboard view of your view of the world and how you wanted liberty to bring it all together. And I remember saying to myself, the technology or the connection between technology and humanity, I don't feel is really is, maybe is not there yet to do what Anthony's envisioning the world to be. To do and, things, and, sorry? Yeah, and that's what we're building, right? That's, that's, Have we gotten farther ahead now? Oh, yeah. I mean, the tools, to me, everything revolves around building tools that empower something. You're empowering individuals. You're empowering uh, people to, to monetize or to people to be able to, to get value out of their music or their art or their code that they create. It's, 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 it's about empowering people to do something. And to me, it's always been about empowering people to, to build, to, to uh, building the tools that empower people to be in control of their lives. And I've always based it around identity, communications, and money. And if you could put those three things together and create in a decentralized fashion, create a way where the ownership of those three things is in the hands of the individual, that's that's the kind of the holy, that's the holy grail. And, and we're not there yet. And we're building paths to get there. And I mean, I've been building, building wallets and infrastructure since 2012, late 2012. Um, and it's, that's, that's evolved, uh, all around those three things. You hold the keys to your identity or communication and messaging. It can all be only signed by you because only you have the keys to prove that. And, and we tie into different decentralized technologies and we provide interfaces that the masses can be able to manage those three things. And we've been building all the tools that the internet needed that the decentralized internet the browser, the wallet, the, which is the wallet, the infrastructure, which is the cloud services, the app store, which is the partner network. All those things the internet needed is the stuff that we've been building. So it's not there yet, but that's been, we've, it's been being built and it's taking quite a bit of time, but that's all about empowering people so they have the tools to be in control of their digital lives. That's, that's what we're building. So what's the holy grail? Like the holy grail is a platform or, or uh, something that's gonna connect all the decentralized technologies together in a way that the user can be in full control of their communications identity and, and, and their money. If, if, if you're in control of those three like things. Like Estonia? That's uh, not necessarily a place. It's a, it's a, that's the, that's the software, the, the platforms that I've always been building around is doing that. But that's the holy grail, I think, of, of, of the, the liberty and the freedom side. More and more, my life now is, is not, I realized a couple of years ago that the more freedom sometimes you go for, the less freedom you get. The less what we get? The less freedom you get. I, I had a realization a couple of years ago when I have a security team of eight people and I'm concerned about safety and I'm concerned about risk and I'm my own bank. And and thinking that, wait a second, is my money safer in a bank? And is, is, is my family safer? In it's all bank? about risk, right? It's risk. And I don't I don't like the risk. And I... I it led me thinking more to what's my greater purpose and what is it that I really want to do with life and, and what can I do that's going to have less risk and what can I utilize that of what I'm good at, which is solving problems to, to, to be of service to people. That's my, over the last couple of years, it, you know, the crypto winter we went through and the realization, you know, I went through this whole thing about having the wealth that I, you know, more than what I would ever need. And then thinking what's next, what's, what do I do now? 
And that was a lot of struggle of, of, of figuring out what my, my why, my what, and my how is, or my what, my why, and my how. And that's what I started putting my mind to, which was, you know, what is it I want to be doing? Why do I want to do it? And how am I going to do it? So let's not just start with the why. It's to me, start with the what. What is it you want to, what do you want to do? And at the end of the day, I figured out that, that, that it's, it's, it, the goal is, is to be of service to people. That's, and, and why? Because it makes me happy. To be a good Lord type of thing. Like, you know, a, to be generous. To be, to be, to utilize what you're good at to help people, to help the world, to, to make the world a better place. And to me, it was, it was the, the what, yeah, to be of service. Why? Because it makes me happy. That's something no one can tell you that your, that your what is screwed up. No, you, 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 you don't want to go do that. Well, what do you mean I don't want to do that? I want to be happy. And, I, and me being happy is when everybody else is happy. And then it's like, well, how am I going to do that? And that's by using problem solving. And I've, and I've been developing a problem solving general formula that, that is my how. That's how I'm going to do this. That's how I'm going to make people happy. And I, and I created this formula that I think has a really good chance of taking any problem in any sector and be able to work it through based on my processes, principles, and tools to come with an outcome that creates a win, 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 win for all stakeholders. And I try to make the whole world a stakeholder. So my goal is to, is to exit from the crypto space in the next while, maximize what I've got with Jax, sell it, and then fund a new venture that I'm a new, a new project, not a venture. It's a new project. That's all about changing the incentive structures of the world from, from, from this, you got to maximize shareholder return, which leads to the problems this whole world faces to we got to make sure that we're creating positive impact in everything we do and, and your brand or what you do or you as a, an icon will, will, will do better with what you want if you are activating your movements and your fans to do good. So my, I want to be the guy that changes the incentive structure in the world to, to the more everybody creates a positive impact for everybody else, the more you're going to get what you want, not the more you go after getting what you want for yourself harder time you're going to have because you're disassociating yourself with a lot of the rest of the world that's not going to be on your side because you're not creating a win for them and solving their problems. So you want to make a dent they, on the universe. Yeah, I want to I want to align everybody in the world with a rec- realization that the more they do good for their neighbor, the more they do good, the more they're going to get for that. And I think it's really possible. And, and I've kind of got a plan and, and I want to get as my next thing. And that's kind of driving me to Really focus on Jack. Really focus on you know we're going into growth mode for the first time ever, starting next week. We've nice. been eight years of infrastructure. We don't we don't spend a dime on user acquisition, and we've started to see some really really good numbers just organically, and we've always have. But now with starting to have a team behind the growth and scale, and it really the sky's the limit. So it's maximize that, sell that, and then use that capital because I don't take people's money. I don't I don't uh, I don't take investor money. So I want to fund my bigger plan, uh, which is bringing together icons with, with their fans around impactful things. And I've got it all worked out, but that's, that's what I want to do. And that the whole goal there is to kind of change the way the, the, the world looks at, 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 at driving towards money and usually at the expense of, of people and planet. And that'll align everything together and figure out how we create wins for everybody. Because if you exclude people, then you have competitors and you have people against what you're doing. So it really is about bringing people together and getting people all aligned and, and being a problem solver. That's really what's lacking in the space. So everybody's good at something. Everybody's bad at something. Everybody's got a problem. And you got to align what people are good at and get them doing what they're good at. And you got to align, get people that are not good at things, not doing the things they're doing. And then figure out what people's problems are and, and using brain power and using problem solving uh, mechanisms and 
and bringing people to other problem solvers together to solve those problems. And that's where I want my focus to be. Right now, the the whole world is looking towards solving problems towards like our governments. And you look at especially some of these, like Canada, I hate to say, is like a good example of like more reliance on your central government. And, you know, the reason that you got into, you've told me this so many times, that the reason you got into crypto in the early days, the reason that you found that Ethereum, you put, you put all of your, your, your I remember your family had a, 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 I figure it was a window or a patio door business that you took that all that money and you, you threw it into some a bunch of crazy kids, you know, in, in a Miami Airbnb. The reason is you, you follow your dream is because you know in your heart that reliance on, on centralized government and centralization and, and not just that, but like reliance on other people is bad. We need to build our own tools. We need to do things for our own. And you had a problem with mainstream economics from the early days, 2008, 2009, what happened with back then. But now look what's happening now. Trillions of dollars of money is being printed per day. It's just going to bring more handouts to people, and then it's going to debase the currency more, and it's going to—it's just going to be very bad. Middle class is going away. How do you feel about all that? Do you feel strongly about what's going on uh, right now? No, I really. I, I, things have changed over the years. I think it's got to—it's got to start with, um, like, I, like I really have figured out. I believe that the, the, the biggest problem is the incentive models that are driving that drive everything which is month after month uh returning shareholder maximizing shareholder returns that's that's that system needs to be changed into a way that, that that's a fundamental system though what do you mean it's 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 harming the planet it, it's discluding people from the mix it's, it's constantly when you're driving for that because you need to huh. give returns to other people you are you're you're, you're going to turn the dials in ways that are going to have negative impacts. There, that's your main driver. And I'm not for people not making money. I, I think maximizing maximum is good, but I believe if you get your whole brand towards creating positive impact, you're going to and and helping others, you'll get those people on your side. And those people getting on your side are going to raise your stature of where you want to be. Because that's what the, the new age of, of, of kids want. They want brands that they can connect with. They want companies they can connect with. And to do that, start doing things that solve their problems. And that a lack of problem-solving capabilities of a lot of these organizations, these people that run these business models, it's just a, they're deficient. And they can't realize that by doing the things they're doing to maximize shareholder returns, there has to be a, an adjustment of dollars on the other side. And that's where we lead to the scandals. It leads to the greed. It leads to all these things. Whose responsibility is it? Whose responsibility is it to like regulate and govern that? Is it us as as a people, or is it? It's 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 leaders. Leadership is sorely lacking in this world. We need leaders that can come up with new ways of looking at things that provide wins to everybody. And even those people that are maximizing shareholder returns now, it's saying, "Here's a better plan. Here's a better system that's going to get you still what you want, but at the same time, you're going to get more people behind you. And the more people that are behind you, the less resistance you have." The more you're working with your competitors of growing a sector, growing this up, the better you're going to be, the less. Why, why do you want to just be thinking about yourselves on this and discluding such a large bit? You've got to think harder, think outside the box, and you've got to be able to come up with new solutions that, that, that create a, a better formula than what's existing right now. And I believe it's possible. I believe I've got the means, the, 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 the ideas to do it. And it all comes down to not saying you guys are gone, which I've never liked. It's we need to bring you along as well. We got to figure out solutions that 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 incumbents that 
uh, that, that industries that, that you might think or a lot of people think, let's get rid of them. It's like, no, because then you got competitors and huh. what are they going to do? You've got to bring people along. You've got to work together. You've got to find wins that, that everybody's going to come. And what it takes is problem solvers and it takes entrepreneurs and it takes people to come together to give the governments the plans that they want, which will make more people happy. They're just oh. not problem solvers. That's a case of someone who's not good at something trying to do something. So for many of the countries that Bittrex Global serves, there's no easy way for investors to purchase stocks like Apple, Tesla. In fact, just the other day, I personally wanted to get involved in the Airbnb IPO, but I couldn't. There's no way to get tokenized stocks. Or is there? This will be the first and only way that Bittrex Global customers can access the U.S. stock market and legally own U.S. stocks from anywhere in the world tokenized stocks it is so cool so these shares are tokenized and it's possible to buy like a fractionized portion of a stock so for example like berkshire hathaway i think trades at three hundred thousand dollars a share now through bitrex global you can actually just buy three hundred dollars worth or five hundred dollars worth or even one dollars worth of a stock and then these tokenized stocks are legally bound to the stock itself and it trades exactly like the stock does. It's beautiful. It's actually what blockchain is supposed to do. It's why we're here in the first place. It's This is bringing about the next level of these like credit and capital markets. And it's allowing global people uh, all over the world to, to, to participate in some of the coolest companies that are based in America today or even companies around the world. Like I could see so many different applications of this one utility. Um, stocks on the U.S. stock market only trade between like 9.30 a.m. and 4 p.m. The, just the other day, I had to Google that because I don't even know that. But because these assets are tokenized, they're going to trade 24 hours a day. And th not only that, like individual stocks, but investors can also invest in the whole like S&P 500. Uh, they can get into the, uh, all these indexes uh, just through Bittrex Global's tokenized stock. It's so cool make sure you check out global.bitrex.com forward slash discover forward slash tokenized dash stocks we're gonna have it in our show notes this is one of the front-running new on the front lines application of blockchain technology and you guys are gonna have so much fun with it DeFi, DeFi, DeFi. you keep hearing me talk about it and we know at the same time that the stock market is at record highs but the economy is broken in recession government debt is off the charts they're printing trillions of dollars we need a new financial system, and I've been talking about it. We've all been talking about it. Decentralized finance. We know that, too. We know that there's like $40 billion in value sitting in all these DeFi protocols, and it's barely a year old. It's new decentralized finance, and it's brilliant, and it works. And there's a lot of money to be made in things like yield farming, being able to provide liquidity. But a lot of them are high risk. There's scams and rug pulls that are so common to investors. We don't want to repeat what happened a few years ago in the crypto space. But what if there was a way to access those DeFi yields in a safe and transparent way? Well, I had the CEO, Tim Frost, of Yield.app, my newest sponsor on the show. Listen to that show and check out Yield.app because here you have this team that is constantly filtering through all these DeFi investments. They're consolidating your gas fees and they're only investing in a select few that generate more than 20%. But their risk is not, they're not just investing in these tokens and waiting for them to do well. They're also providing liquidity. They're doing yield farming. All these low risk, high investment to make the uh, infrastructure more efficient and better. So not only you're investing in making money, but you're also helping to grow this ecosystem. 
Make sure you check them out at yield.app. That's yield.app. And listen to the untold stories with Tim Frost, the CEO. I was sitting with the mayor of Miami just three days ago, and he said the same works exactly. He says it's up to us to, to work with people, private people, to give us the plans that then we need to enact. So he, yeah. said, he said if you have a way to solve affordable housing using decentralized governance, call me. And we, I'll give you a track of land and you can do it. Like, I never heard exactly. someone say that. They, everybody's, everybody's their own hero is one of the big things and tenets of my thing. Everybody's their own hero. And everybody's looking for a guide with a plan. What does that mean, everyone's okay. their own hero? So when you think about a movie, a general Hollywood, you got the whole hero's journey thing, right? You got this thing where a Hollywood movie is a cookie cutter formula. That's, you have a hero. You have, you have a character there that has a problem, right? Yeah. And the reason why we like Hollywood movies in the general, because you can relate to it. You're relating to that that person in that thing. You 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 have a problem yourself. So everybody's got a problem, and everybody's trying to figure something out. So we love these stories to go because we relate to the to that person that's in there. But everybody being their own hero and everybody looking for a guide, the guide is actually the person that has a plan. So in the movie, you you generally have someone that's got a problem, and you have this ups and downs with this problem that's going through it. And then usually when they're in the most dire situation. A guide shows up. That person emerges that has a, a plan that's going to help out. And that could be a superhero, right? Still saving the civilians. And we're the civilians. We relate to the civilians who are being saved by, by this, this superhero and trying to save the world because everybody's got a problem. Everybody's got their own problems. And it's the key is to figure out what everybody's problems are and then work to solutions that's going to solve those people's problems. Because my, my thesis is that if you can create a, a situation where you're helping everybody, they're going to join you when they realize that them joining you in what you're doing is, is benefiting their lives. Who's going to help way. you? Pardon me? Who's so going to help me? Let's just say you're this person. You're this yeah. person, and now you're solving everyone else's problems. Mm. You have to solve, your, you know, what if you're this type of person that wants to solve everyone else's problems before you solve your own? You're now going to start dealing with stress and anxiety all the time because you're trying to like make everyone else happy. And then some people will even play on that and never be happy. So you're always serving that a lot, Charlie. I thought about that a lot. Um, Maintaining harmony and balance is something I've struggled with for years because I'm I'm usually an all or nothing guy. I go hard into things. When I got into Bitcoin, I went, I went ballistic for a number of years. Right. Um, Maintaining harmony and balance in the last couple of years has been at the forefront of my mind. It's how can I do what I want to do to change the world, but still stay and not get overwhelmed in the things that I'm doing. That's been the forefront of my thinking. I struggle with that now. A lot of people do. I mean, the overwhelmingness of just life in general, without all the things that we want to do, is is not equipped. Our brains aren't equipped for the evolution of our brains has not been able to keep up with the evolution of technology and bombardment of information that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. It just hasn't been able to do that. So being able to stay balanced, uh, for me, that's discipline. For me, it's it's my sleeping schedule. It's I get up at three every morning. I have five hours of myself time, me time that I can do in a peaceful wow. setup that that that's me like I designed like a spa where I just I slow down, I take my time. Uh, I learned a new word called puttering, which I'd never heard of before. But supposedly that's what Jeff Bezos does, and I heard that in an article. I'm like, that's what I do. What's puttering? I putter. Putter means like to just do menial little things, something like just to kind of just do stuff. And it's my meditation. Well, our brains work best when we're doing small things with our bodies. And also giving your brain a break. Yeah. To to consistently have the mind operating and working uh, all the time on solving problems and doing things is going to lead to the situations that you're talking about. How do you Mm. stop from getting overwhelmed and doing that? And how do you, how do you do for yourself when you're, when you're trying to solve other people's problems? So 
to me, it's, it's having that five hours every morning before my day starts with my team. Um, it's stopping in, the, in, the, in, the, in a reasonable time in the afternoon. It's taking a little nap during the day, making sure I go to bed at eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night to get the sleep I need. It's, it's making sure that when I start getting out of balance and I start things like in the business, start taking over that, I recognize it, make sure that I don't let that happen. Got to stay, staying in, in my, in my zone and in my place. Cause I, that, as soon as that starts getting out of whack, you're not in harmony, you're not in balance. So I had a problem a couple of years ago when I was thinking, how do I do what I want to do, but, but get out of the situations where I get overwhelmed. And that's been a, a big thing for me. And it, and you get to the point where you don't want to do anything. You, you, you're just so overwhelmed. You don't want to do nothing. And I'm sure you've been there. It's just, you just, you just feel so lethargic and you're kind of rebuilding yourself up and you're re-energizing yourself to when you're ready to take it on. And I don't want that. I want kind of a, a good, a good base. A good that I can ba- balance. Consistent, yeah. Right. And I want to take on big things without feeling that I'm going to get overwhelmed. So that's a big thing for me. I also have a therapist that I deal with now weekly to ensure that I'm sticking to the things that I'm doing and making sure that we're communicating on. How did you find a good one? Um, how did I find this one? Um, I just actually just looked online. We connected. I talked to them and, and, and found one that I liked and, and uh, she's been great. And so that's, that's, that's someone that can give you some outside perspective on things and making sure that you're sticking to what you want to do. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not about me doing everything, Charlie, what I want to do. It's about creating movements of other people doing things based on the frameworks that I'm developing. So that's the key. You it's can't do everything, Charlie, people- but you can create sustainable uh, scalable frameworks that end up others start taking on. And that's how you get movements created. And that's so this is the evolution. Favorite. This is the evolution of your processes. I re- so I remember we talked so much about processes and I, I understood what you were. See, I always understood what you were trying to convey or what you were trying to do, but I felt like you were in a place that you were in a box and you weren't able to do anything that you really wanted to do within that box. And I didn't really know how to tell you that. The box is challenging. The box is challenging. So you have processes. You have to. I, I put myself in the box because I don't like to do things normally and I don't like to do the way things are normally done. Like if you don't raise outside of capital, you got to figure out how to sustain yourself and fund yourself. But when you do raise outside capital, then you become beholden to your investors and you got to consistently begin with returns. And I don't have the freedom to do what I want to do in the time that I want to do it. So uh, but that challenges things. So I like to do things not normal and it makes it harder because I'm trying to not do the way things are normally did. So I put myself in a box trying to figure out stuff. So is life frameworks? You, oh, sorry. Yes, right. It's, and, and it's developing frameworks because I realize I can't do everything, but I want to create sustainable frameworks that are bettering people's lives by them joining me what I do and they're learning how to do it. And because, and then it's creating like, like movements. So, Toronto is my focus about where I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff. So think local, go global is one of my other tenants is you really got to, got to, got to start in, and have a workable model somewhere and focus on something and create it, perfect it. And then you're, you have a model that can then go city to city and scale out and do things that others are doing, not, not me doing. So everything is based around creating movements and by solving people's problems and adding the world as a stakeholder to what you do, by them joining you, their life is better. And that's how I believe that you get them sustainably activated to do what you what they want to do. Because every time they wake up, them doing something improves their life. Every time they leave their house, what they're doing to, to do something. By is that teaching people? So you're talking about teaching others around you to think and operate in the way that, that you are? Because that's the, most the formulas that I operate. My formula okay. is based on principles, tools, and processes. I love that. I never thought about it like that. Because you're str- I'm st- Sometimes you struggle with trying to solve people's problems and then 
when they're faced with such a small version of that same problem, you get frustrated that they can't solve it on their own when you've done it for them a million times. But really, maybe the problem is, is that we're not teaching those people. And, and, and there's, a, there's a debate whether or not you can teach certain people certain things. Again, I told, I, as I mentioned before, people are good at things, people are bad at things, and people have problems. Um, I was, I was uh, you know, I, I developed something I call perfect formula, which is my general problem-solving formula. And the whole idea is to get as close to 100% of everything that you're doing, that you've checked all the boxes, and that you're, you, you've created a win-win-win situation for all stakeholders in the mix, and you've added the world as a stakeholder. So that you don't have a deficient formula, because it's usually a deficient formula which leads to your problems. Whether you're only considering yourself, or you're considering not how you're going to create a win for your competitors, and then your competitors are against you. So the idea with perfect formula is you got to get as close to 100% of a perfect formula of what you do, and you strive to get as close to 100%. And when you're deficient, that's when your problems start. If you're a 40% model, and that's where a lot of places are, they're very deficient in their models, from PR agencies to real estate agencies. The, the alignment of incentives is not is not there and, and, and it leads to them having problems and getting to, having change needed or disruption coming because they haven't figured out how to improve their models to a way that's creating winning situations for more people. And when you have more people on board with you, you don't have competitors. You don't, because whatever you do is helping other people and they're going to join you with that. So, uh, but you can't sometimes teach problem solving. That's sure. sometimes it's a, for me, it was, I come from a family. My dad was a, was a problem solver and inventor. Uh, questioning why with everything. And that's something that I do all the time is why, 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 why? And is there a better way to do that? I love I, that. I walk into a restaurant. Why was I, why did the hostess uh, greet me like that? Is there a better way to do that? Is there a better way the chef could have connected with me? Could he have come out singing and, and we could have like, how do you create a mind blowing experience for people is what it kind of boils down to. And that's ends up being a perfect formula. If you can do that type of thing, you've checked all the boxes, everybody's on board, everybody likes it. Everybody's is having a win there. So you sometimes can't teach some of those things, but you can put a model together that can get problem solvers together and positioning people into good things that they can do and making sure that they're aligned in what they're doing. Like, for example, foundations or nonprofits, most of them aren't successfully raising funds that are sustainable because they're not problem solvers and they can't figure out how to do that in a proper way. They haven't figured out that their, their funding comes from people that maybe don't care what they really care about and they have their own problems. Everybody's got their own problems. So and all the incentives aren't aligned. Yeah. What's that? All the incentives aren't aligned together. You have to align all incentives and everybody on the same page. And that's how the movements get created. So my, my whole thing is to really, really work on, on aligning incentives. And I mean, we're in, we're in the world of crypto. It's all about incentives. Everything is about incentives. It's how can you incentivize people to put resources into a platform yeah. and they're going to get rewarded. And the more they, it's, it's all incentives. That's really what is. Is, everybody's driven by incentives and everything's, and there's so much misalignment with incentives in the world. The biggest incentives in life are, well, really, what's bigger, financial incentive and greed, or is it social? Like, do we do things to, to, to make more money because we need to live like shelter, water, and food? Or do we do things because we want more likes on Facebook because we don't, no one, at the end of the day, no one wants to die alone, no one wants to be forgotten, and no one wants to be buried alone or, you know, not next to anyone. That's really like our, human thing we don't want to die alone so what's more powerful which emotion my, my, do you think my thoughts are is that people are different people have different driving mechanisms so it's not we oh, it's not us i don't like group mentality and group think I, I think that that kind of pigeonholes people into a certain classification so i try to avoid the word we's and the word this because first thing it does is make me say not me when someone says we so 
people are different. People have different driving motivations, I believe. Uh, some people have similar ones as others, but I, I think, I think people are different. People are unique. Yeah. I think we need to, to, to focus more on people's individuality and people's uniqueness. And if you get uh, this group mentality and tribe mentality thing is, 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 is my opinion, very toxic. It's, it's disruptive. It's destructive. We see it in crypto. We see it in politics. We see yeah. it everywhere. And it's not bringing people together. It's more about how it's competition, which and competition is good, Doing but it's individual towards yeah. senior towards being number one. Mm. And it, and people haven't, my, my, my big thing is about if you can figure out how to compliment everybody and figure out what you do to help everybody, you'll get there. Imagine if, if you got a, you got a project like Polkadot, who's trying to help ecosystems, who's trying to help the Ethereum ecosystem. It's, and then you have other projects that about them just being number one and they don't yeah. care who they're. You've always been agnostic. Traffic. You've always been agnostic, always token. Been agnostic. That's always, your biggest always, thing. Oh, it's 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 not us versus them. That's what business models today try to get you to do. Um, the you know, well, you I, instilled I that in my mind a lot. You were definitely a driving factor in that agnosticity, and that definitely helped me personally not become a maximalist when that maximalism movement was really taking over the crypto world, because because that yeah, it, it, it's it's it, things are binary. There's there's many different people, many different things. There's, there's, there's no reason. Things are providing value. And people yeah. are like, but who's to say that that one thing is better than the other? Um, it, it, you, you end up just getting these shills and trolls out there that are just espousing because they have something that's a value that they're trying to make more. They're trying. That's what it comes down to. I wanted to ask you um, before we before we ended the show. Are you seeking? Are you seeking any opportunities or investing in anything in the health and wellness space at all? Yeah, I've invested in sustainable uh, growing up, uh, like container. Um, oh, the uh, container homes. Oh, yeah, home those are cool. Yeah, they're stackable. They can be moved towards um, towards towards a uh, cheap electrical. Like like. How do I get one? Um, they're good not, accessory it's dwelling for, units. It's, it's not really more than what I've invested for individuals having it. It's basically oh, okay. it's it's the the or the, the, the company has these ones. And they sell to local stop to, to local uh, supermarkets and things, and they can move these containers around based on where electricity is cheaper. Oh, so I'm doing it on that side. A lot of stuff I do to support is for mental illness, and, and we have a place called CAMH, which is the Center for for Addiction and Mental Health uh, in, in in Canada here. So that's something that's really important to me. I think technology is the biggest problem it's in the world. It's a big problem taking over the crypto community. Is is that right now? I see. Is is it's, yeah. it's so many people, especially with what's going too. on with COVID. But the technology models are based on on directing people to do something based on what your advertisers want. That's the whole model. And they've gotten really good at making people that don't even know and they're not sophisticated enough to understand they're being led down a path. That's the social, that's what happened. The social dilemma um, uh, doc is about that. Yeah, um, you need to build show. better humane technology that is actually allowing people to connect better with people rather than uh, the attention economy of just screen time and things. And, and it's not... That's a it's a massive problem, and the business models of big tech need to be redeveloped in a way that's going to create better humane circumstances. And that's always been something that's been my mission as well: is how can you get what you want out of tech, but in a way that it helps you to have better relationships with people, not not be doing what advertisers want you to do. And the advertising model has led to these tribe these tribe uh, divisiveness things that are going on. And it, it needs to be reworked, and it needs entrepreneurs and problem solvers to come together to figure out better models that are going to well, Intent, like talk about just aligning incentives and not to like give my advertisers a plug here, but I really do use all of the, the tool, the, all my advertisers are tools and, and companies that I use for personal liberty that I want to see 
like my listeners use, but also like it's very honor. It's I'm honored that I get to work for and get paid to talk, but also get these companies to to support the show and allow the show to go forward, but also be great, great projects. So like, but that's a line of incentives. Scale. And, and you're right. It's, it's, it, that's great. If you can do that and you feel good with the advertisers you have, but my great way to find some middle ground on that. My point yeah. was, is that I'm in a unique opportunity that I can turn away most advertisers. I can say no. So I can charge double right now and get advertisers that really have nothing to do with anything. And, but that's stupid. And, but yeah. so I'm in a unique position, luckily, that I can say no to those people and we could really maintain. How do other people do that? Because sometimes the financial incentive trumps the social incentive. My social incentive is to say no, but, you know, financial incentive, greed, always, it's there. It's in our blood. It, it could take over sometimes. So, like, answer me that question. How do we... You, you do it by, by people having trust capital in you and people having trust capital in the person that you're dealing with and saying that people around you're exposing you. to them that... I really believe in this product and I only use products and have things that I would like you to buy because I'm using it, but I really believe in it because you're going to have to convince them because they're going to be jaded with, with past experiences of sure. basically, Oh, you're just advertising for that because you, because you, you want the money from it. So you got to do extra well to create a formula that you're going to be able to show to people. I really believe in this and that's going to happen. Having trust in you, they're going to have to be, you know, you got to do the things that's going to have to build that confidence in you because of the model that you use there. And it's good that you're doing that because it's helping you to get what you want to do. But you're also uh, showcasing good products that you really want your users to buy. So it's about really showing them that that's really what you're doing. And, that's and, life, and yeah. proving it to them. But it's a yeah. bigger life thing too. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and, and, and expounding on this and, and, and teaching. I have to, this is going to be one of those episodes where I have to re-listen and take notes because your course in life I've, I'm going through some of the things that you went through. And so I, I, a lot of the things, and I know most of the listeners are too, so they can learn a lot from it. So thank you for being so uh, upfront about some of the struggles that you've been through and stuff like that. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Charlie. Great catching up with you, man.